mama, I want to chat with you about your gut health. Let's be honest, we aren't getting any younger and we need to take care of our bodies. Something I do each morning is take an omega and probiotic pill. It's plant-based and helps improve urinary tract, vaginal and digestive health and overall immunity. Yep, all that in one little pill. Please use code MOMCULTURE20 for 20% off your purchase at dailynuri.com. That's D-A-I-L-Y-N-O-U-R-I.com. Hey, hey, mamas. This is Sarah Comers, owner of The Mom Culture, and I'm here with my good friends, Gina and Julie, and together we make up The Mom Culture crew. We're going to chat about how we wing it and win it in motherhood while trying to raise good humans. We're going to chat with some of our favorite mamas that inspire us. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the chat. Hey guys, this is Sarah at the Mom Culture Podcast. And today I've got a special guest in the Mom Culture Club. My friend Brooke, she's probably one of my longest mommy friends. We met in a mommy and me baby yoga class when I had just become a mom. I think my daughter was about three months old. And uh, we've been preschool moms together. We've been Girl Scout moms together. And we also share another bond as mothers. We have daughters that both have um, what we like to call hidden disabilities. A hidden disability can be anything from autism, epilepsy, CF, diabetes, ADHD, or sensory processing issues. And um, we just wanted to sit down and chat today a little bit more about that and dive in how we've learned to navigate raising our girls, um, how we're hoping to educate other mothers, and just share in that journey a little bit about how um, we have navigated that with our, our girls. So without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend, Brooke. You want to say good morning there, Brooke? Good morning, everyone. I'm Brooke Doty. And um, as Sarah said, we've known each other for a while. When you actually just said it was 13 years ago, I was like, "Isn't that insane?" We've known each other that long. <laughs> it's been it's, forever. It's insane. And you've known Gina what since Girl Scouts? Girl Scouts, right? Yeah, just as long. Almost, I mean, six, seven. Probably, years yeah, ago? six or seven years. About six or seven years. So we. However built- old your youngest is, because I think he was a baby. Oh right, so yeah, seven years. Well, eight years this year. Oh my gosh, yeah. Time yeah. is really flying. Been a hot second. I know. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke. Um. Well, geez, I feel this is like an interview question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so, technically, we are kind of interviewing you, right? A I guess it is. <laughs> um. So I'm a mom of two amazing girls. Um. Why specifically I re- relate to like this topic is that my youngest daughter is has special needs um i guess so many so many i'll I'll go through all of them but um i guess to kind of like tell her story i would have to start at the beginning which i'll do for everyone um so she right now is diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder adhd speech delay and Recently, I guess, well, now it's been a couple years, but we found out she actually has a chromosomal disorder that is the cause for all of her issues. So it was a long road to get all the list of diagnoses, but um, overall, that's where we're at right now. And that's that's why I wanted to have you on. Um, I found out, you know, my daughter, Lily, um, in fourth grade, we finally got a diagnosis. And it was a long, long road, just like yours. I knew as a mom... I think mom instinct tells you that there's something amiss. 
And we had had, I mean, you know, you watched yes. it from three months on. <laughs> right. I had the zero to 10 baby, the baby that screamed in itsy bitsy yoga, who cried never nonstop, slept. Never, never slept. And I, I just, I knew something was amiss, but it was years of putting that puzzle piece together. And um, when Brooke went on to have her second and her puzzle started to basically, you know, form, right. I, I was there, you know, kind of remembering all of those um, emotions and stuff. So it's something I we talk like about I feel like you were the first person I actually told. I had randomly been coming to see, I mean, I knew already that my daughter had issues, but I got her autism diagnosis, I think around the age of four, which... I actually didn't think that she was going to get like I was going in like, well, we'll just test her, you know, see what they say, you know, and she actually ended up qualifying to be on the spectrum. And I was like, I was coming here and I was like, oh, I got the news. And like at that point, I actually I wasn't like I wasn't as upset about it because it had been a long road to get there. But I was like, finally, like some answers, you know, yeah, no, you fin- you yeah. feel honestly um, vindicated in a yes. way like, like I'm not crazy. You're like, I'm not crazy. And for, for us, we found out so much later. I mean, it had been, you know, she struggled in school. Yes. You were and the crazy mom. I was the time. crazy. Oh, my God. Right. In our group. I was. I was the crazy mom. Um, you know, but for us, it came so much later. And it was. Uh, but when it happened, it was we were actually very fast tracked because we had her teacher on board, which was huge. So for those ADHD mamas, I feel you 100 percent. Um, for us, we had, we were blessed with a great teacher. I will forever be indebted to this man for recognizing it. And he kind of fast tracked it. He filled out the forms and we instantly had her in and evaluated. And right before summer, that's when they diagnosed her. So we got to kind of set with our diagnosis over summer and prepare for the next school year. But you, it took a while and you're still navigating. So what yes. does Peyton's current treatments kind of look like in and how are you navigating well, those? Well, I'll kind of like start back. So it, it, it's, it was a progression. So originally, and I always like to hear other people's like stories of finding out like their child's journey kind of thing, because I felt like I was searching for that. Like when I, when my daughter was a baby, I mean, she was three days old and I was like, what is going on? Like I wasn't a first time mom. It was like going to be easy this time. You know, I had the learning curve. I knew how to breastfeed. I was like, you had it down. I got this right. And then I'm like, there is something going on. Like she just never slept and she cried nonstop. So almost right away, I was like, okay, what? There's something. And then it was like, oh, it's silent reflux. That's why she's crying all the time. And I'm like, really? Is that it? Like, it can't be it. And I was like, online I'm researching you know and my family's like oh you're like Dr. Google like stop that like oh, I hate that you're making yourself crazy and I'm like I don't want to be crazy about this but there is something going on and then around 18 months when she still wasn't like really talking the way an 18 month old should um it was like oh well she has a little she's a little behind in speech it's just a speech delay like she did everything else on time like she was rolling over when she was supposed to roll over she was crawling when she was supposed to crawl, you know, right at her first birthday, she was walking. I mean, she was doing all of the things. So everyone's like, she's fine. She's fine. Her pediatrician, she's fine. Like, stop worrying, mom, stop worrying, you know? And then at 18 months, it was like, well, she's just, she is a little behind on speech, but let's give it till two kind of thing. And I'm like, hmm, like, let's not, you know? So I got a referral for speech. She ended up qualifying for speech. And then we started early intervention services through the regional center, which is a great resource for any mamas that are looking for in their, every area has like a regional center or whatever. So that's where you kind of start for early intervention stuff. Um, She qualified through there for speech services and they send like speech therapists to the house. 
And then um, they also sent, like, uh, early education, um, I guess an early education person. Like a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. To the house. Um, We did that, like, four times a week, like, speech twice a week. The other, like, teacher, I guess I would call it, two times a week. Um, And then we started, you know, progressing from there. She wasn't, you know, making as quick of strides as we would have liked, but again, she was doing everything but really talking. Um, and then from there, you know, I kept looking into it. Is it just speech? Is, you know, is there more, you know? Um, and I asked about getting genetic testing done and they were like, oh, she doesn't have any of the things, you know, like, um, this was at a neurologist who was telling me this. He's like, well, she looks completely normal. Like her face is symmetrical. Her ears are in the right position. Her eyes are in the right position. She doesn't have any, you know, interesting things going on with her hands or feet or like these genetic type markers that they look for. You know, she's like, she's fine. You know, speech is a kind of a tricky thing. You know, sometimes it just comes in later for some kids. And and I think she was two and a half at that point. And I was like, okay, you know. And then two years later, I was at the same neurologist with, you know, the same list of issues. Like You're like, we're two years yeah, further. She's yeah. still like, you know, her speech is still not where it should be. You know, luckily she is verbal. But um, even at four, like, I mean, she wasn't at four. I remember being filling a paper out for something for her preschool class and it asked, it was for like special education. So it asked, is your child verbal? And I was like, well, she is, but I mean, is she verbal in the sense that would matter for her to be able to express to someone else, like what she wants and needs. So I was like, I had to ask the teacher, like, should I put that she's verbal? Like, you know, and, and the teacher was even kind of like, like, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, she's four at that point. So that's when the neurologist was like, okay, we'll do the genetic testing. I don't have a problem ordering it for you. And I was like, perfect. And, you know, in the meantime, of course, I've already, in the years leading up to that, I had researched probably, you know, every genetic condition I could think of because I would be on sites or hear other people's stories and I would be like, maybe that's what she has, you know? That's that's exactly what happens. You start, I mean, we are, I feel like moms do better research than the FBI. You know that meme. It's, It's true. I was the same way. I knew something and I'm like you I had had oh it's reflux oh she has in- do you remember when the she adenoids was for, well for adenoids Lily, she yeah. was actually diagnosed with inability to obtain organic sleep I mean what the hell does that mean I mean, I was like, yeah, she hasn't, slept, she hasn't slept in almost four years. And people would look at me like I was crazy, but same thing. And I had heard things, but I couldn't quite piece together what it was. So did you find that too? Is like, you kind of had a hunch, but you weren't sure. I mean, I, I had no idea what it was, but I knew it was something. It was more than just speech. And at that point at four, you know, she started falling a little bit more behind in like motor skills. Like, you know, she wasn't writing her name or holding her pencil, like the way kids her age were doing. So it wasn't, now it wasn't just speech, like, which goes back to the therapies. So we yeah. started with the early intervention. We were in speech. Then we added occupational therapy to work on, you know, handwriting and motor skills. And what my daughter struggles with a lot is just body awareness, which happens with ADHD a lot. Um, she just, I mean, like she'll fall right out of her chair just because I'm not sure. Like she doesn't realize she's at the end or she's not paying attention or, you know, things like that. So, um, 
we were in occupational therapy for that. And then we did hippotherapy for a while, which for people that don't know, that's on horses, riding horses, which she loved. Um, then what did we do after that? We, we still are in speech. We more recently in like the last year started ABA therapy, which I was really hesitant about. Like some people are into it. Some people aren't. For her age, though, I've loved it. I mean, it's all play-based for the company I'm with, and it's helped her a ton. So um, we do that, and we're still in occupational therapy. So right now our current therapies are speech therapy, occupational therapy, and ABA therapy, which is applied behavior analysis for people that don't know. I forget. Like, I forget the learning curve of, like, knowing all the OT, PT, speech, you know? It's overwhelming. It is. And I think if you don't have any, I don't know, I didn't really have any other moms at the time because, you know, Lily was my oldest, so I don't really have anyone to ask, you know, like, what do I do or where do I start or any of this? I do have one older mom friend whose daughter had some spectrum issues, so she was basically telling me everything in writing. That is my biggest tip is when you start this journey, especially with the school system, everything in writing, everything in writing, everything dated because they legally there's obligations there. And that was, I think, my best piece of advice I was given by someone that had been through it was date everything, email everybody, like literally email everybody, everybody, especially when you're dealing with schools. Yeah. Well, and it helps once like I think when I got to the point where I was finally getting diagnoses, like. And you, you waited a long time for a diagnosis, which I mean, with ADHD, that's one of the ones I don't even think they give until after five. They're like, oh, it's just a hyperactive kid. You're like, I think this is more than that. But, you know, um, once you have those, I mean, at least you have something to kind of like push with, you know, until then you're just kind of like at the school. Yeah, Yeah. you're at the school's (laughs) mercy. And that's what I was. I mean, my journey has been so different because Peyton's definitely involved like day to day life functions as did Lily's but in a different way like right I remember you telling me about following Peyton around um and that broke my heart for you you were like I can't really like leave her because at the time she wasn't super verbal but you right. can understand her and her language and um following her around so she didn't hurt herself because she yeah. fell so much and that like broke my heart or just as moms we can like anticipate like every mom has that yeah. like they can anticipate what their child needs or wants or like yeah. I mean, I know what she's saying because I'm finishing her sentence before she exactly. does. I'm, I'm like her person, you know, so for sure. It's hard to leave yeah. your kids. I mean, it's hard ever to leave your kids with anybody. But when you have certain issues, I feel it's even even harder. Or like you don't have that network like, you know, you're yeah. the same with that. I don't have a lot of family that's really close enough here that could help. No. You know, so you're you know, you're having to build your whole community with your friends. And yeah. And hope that they have like like-minded or are able to deal with yes. certain quirks and disabilities. Or not too many other kids to take care of. Yes. <laughs> we have, we have a friend who also has three kids. And so she's kind of off the list because she's like, she's got her hands full. Right. But that's true. When um, I was looking for caregivers before we had diagnosis and she used to just be have more like behavioral issues. Her therapist told me, you have to be really careful who watches her. And I was like, well, of course I do. Like, and she's like, no, no, no. She's like, you really look for someone that has dealt with a kid that has high functioning special needs because they, it'll be a, it'll be a cakewalk. They'll have the patience. And ironically, um, our little neighbor who was the best sitter, Audrey, if you're listening, I love you and miss you. Why did you have to go to college and become a teacher? Um, but um, I had this sweet little neighbor girl whose brother was high functioning uh, autistic and she was our first 
real sitter and she was young and I was of course scared, but she had went through baby certification. She had CPR. She had this glowing resume, but it was the fact that she had the knowledge and her brother, you know, had behavioral issues. And so she could handle anything Lily could throw at her. And it was great until she went to college. And she left. And then she left. But (laughs) right. It's hard because if you don't have that village, you know, they're they're challenging. I mean, kids in general are challenging. But when you're dealing with special needs, it's a whole nother thing to to find caregivers, I feel like. And it's such an isolating feeling. Like even though there's a whole group of people, you know, dealing with. Yeah similar issues or different issues, but, you know, maybe in the same wheelhouse. And it's, you feel so alone. Like many years, my family absolutely thought that I was off my rocker. Like, and it was the absolute worst. I told you so I ever had to deliver. Like, I didn't want to say that. Like, I don't want to be like, see, I wasn't crazy, you know, like, but I think especially when we got the genetic info, it was like, okay, well, this is making sense. Yeah. You know, she's missing a whole chunk of chromosome. You know, yeah. I mean, she's not even dealing with the same, you know, background that we all are dealing with. No wonder why she's developing differently, you know. Well, and outwardly, I mean, she's beautiful. Your daughter's beautiful. And you wouldn't, that's, you know, the thing. You don't see anything outwardly. Yes. But, you know, when you're around her at a birthday party and she's talking, I mean, you kind of pick up on it. But, you know, if right. I didn't know. Less so when she was younger. Yeah. Now that she's six, I mean, some of, I mean, she talks and she's, you know, making sentences, but she's not talking like a six-year-old, you yeah. know, like her speech is a lot more basic, you know, where when she was younger, you know, it just looked like she was playing with the other kids, you know, kids yeah. aren't really having conversation. Now at six, you know, kids are, it's a little more obvious only if she's talking, but if she's not, you know. She just looks like she's running around with kid running around, running around. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. My family, same thing. I had so many, uh, words of wisdom. I want to say that weren't very wise. And, you know, I was even told, well, maybe she just needs a good, a good spanking. And I was like, yeah, cause that's going to change this. Um, you know, so families are fun when you're dealing with this and they're not supportive. And it was too, not that any mom wants to say something's wrong with their child or, you know, go down that road. For me, it was like, I I told you so. Like, I hate to say it. I really was like, yeah, I told you so. Because I too, I spent years, I mean, she was almost 10 before we had a diagnosis, 10 years of family ridicule a little bit or maybe you should discipline differently or you know she's kind of rude and things that she can't really um you know help yeah and that's one thing I wanted with like the hidden disability is that's in society it's hard I have a almost five five foot five guys I got her measured at the doctor's yesterday she's five four and a quarter she's so tall she's beautiful but she's very mature looking and you know with her uh, disability she tends to interrupt she's very hyper she still climbs on things and so it's hard in society to navigate that sometimes because people just kind of think I've got this like rambunctious right kid that doesn't like listen tell your kid to stop crawling over the booth yeah. at the restaurant and you're yeah. like do you think I want them crawling over the dang booth <laughs> exactly <laughs> so how do you as a mom how have you learned to navigate that with Peyton having oh. a hidden disability I mean I'm still, I think that's just a work in progress for everyone. I, um, first and foremost, try to educate, you know, I try and get ahead of it. You know, like if I see my kid doing something like a little bit odd, being maybe a little too close to kids at the park, 
like right away I will be like I'm sorry like she doesn't really know like she has developmental delays because I I mean it's like how do you even say that I don't want to even go into the whole list like she has autism she has a genetic disorder she has a speech delay you know what I mean like so I try and just make it like as simple as possible so that people already kind of okay like we're not dealing with the average kid here you know so they maybe or hopefully will be more understanding I remember my cousin had this boyfriend that said he had a, his little sister was like the same age as Peyton and um he said oh there's nothing wrong with Peyton but bad parenting and my aunt you know relays this story back to me which clearly tells me they were all sitting around talking about Peyton and me you know or else why would this kid even have why would it even be coming up you know yeah. what I mean so it's like obviously you guys are talking about me and my parenting awesome you know um and I think that was like right around the time, right before I think I had any real diagnoses. At that time, it was just a speech delay, right? So um, I remember like the next time I saw him, like really making it a point to try and educate him, you know, because like really he doesn't know. I mean, he has no idea what he was a kid himself. He didn't have kids him either, you know. I mean, it, people just don't know, they don't realize. Um, and that's the hardest thing, you know, just I think on your Facebook page, you someone asked like a question like, what can we do as society to help, um, you know, have awareness? And I think just that in itself, just them being aware, you know, just trying to look at the other side of the coin of, you know, like, what if, you know, we're dealing with something else here? Um more over Halloween, my aunt had posted a Facebook post that I was, you know, getting a kick out of in my my own head, you know, that she said, oh, what is it with kids today's? It was like a bratty kid post about how her and my uncle were sitting outside at Halloween passing out candy and this teenager looking kid came up with a much younger sibling and, you know, they put their bags out and my aunt said, what? No one says trick or treat anymore these days. And the older girl said it's 2019 and my aunt you know had a million things to say about the bratty attitude and I'm this kid probably was just a brat who knows yeah but and all the 50 posts underneath oh I wouldn't even give them candy if they didn't say trick-or-treat or or whatever and I'm thinking about you know my own daughter trick-or-treating you know even though she can say trick-or-treat with all that sensory going on on Halloween of people dressed up fog flashing lights it's dark I mean overload there's so much going on she cannot remember her own name let alone to say trick-or-treat and she was up there like people would give her gum I can't have gum reaching (laughs) in to you know grabbing another candy out of their bowl like just you know not even thinking that that was an issue you know and um and I thought you know everyone on her my aunt's post was you know talking about how horrible these kids are and I thought in my head like what if that younger sibling, you know, wasn't verbal yeah, and maybe didn't yeah. want to go or wasn't confident enough to go up and say trick or treat? And the older sibling said, "I'll I'll do it too. You don't have to say trick or treat. I'll go up there. We yeah. don't even have to say it." And then all of a sudden, that same you know bratty teenager is kind of like a hero to that kid, you know. And like I said, that probably wasn't the case there, you know. But but it, but it, it could have been. been. No, that's the thing. <laughs> right? I always say, like, you never know what someone's going through. You know, that's why I like try to lead with kindness and be a right. good human. I mean, that's a big foundation for me because, you know, you can 
hide behind so much and people don't realize that, you know, maybe that was the case. You know, I always right. try to to think about that. I was raised with a special needs uncle, so I've been very aware of it my entire life. So if someone, something seems a little off or different, like I typically like there's a reason, right? Like the person's not being rude. Maybe they've got a processing issue or they're autistic or maybe there's something, or maybe hell, they're just having a bad day. Like right. to each their own, right? And I try to teach my kids that too, but it's so hard. Um, I think Gina's daughter and Lily have spent a lot of time together and Girl Scouts. And like you've now, I think, got to finally see a little bit more as they've matured the differences in maybe behavior. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I guess a lot of times when I see Lily, she just, she does. She seems so mature to me. Yeah. And I I think that I don't actually see don't, or notice yeah, the behaviors the that you do. Um, but again, I'm not with her all the time. And I'm like, no, Lily's so sweet. She's so she great. She's and then so you're sweet. doing homework with her and you're like, you know like, what? Uh, I see it. That's right. I see yeah, it. no, <laughs> right. it's, it's so hard. Um, you know, like, and your daughter too, like Riley's a little bit of an introvert and um, she has her core. I mean, they all have their unique qualities, you know, and things that make them special. And Lily is so mature, but there are times where I'm like, does she come off as rude? Like she's, she's interrupting. Like an old soul. She, she is. I know. Yeah. I don't know where she gets that from people. I have no idea. She is though. She has a, that <laughs> she is. quality for sure. But then there's times where she acts like she did before, like interrupting and hyper and like in everybody's business and, uh, you know, climbing on things. And I'm just like, child, please. I'm like, you're getting so, so old for this, but it's like, I know she can't help it so we've got cues I don't know if in your therapies they've given you cues um we have like the shoulders one like touch cues for her especially in situations and it's supposed to kind of redirect her or tell her that right we need to cool our chest ground her give her some yeah exactly yeah so and they do that at school they've they've got some cues that we use for her um you know do you have any with Peyton that work yet or she's still just too young um I think like when she's having sensory type issues like for example sister had a dance recital at the school there was a lot going on oh yeah there was stairs there she could think nothing but she wanted to run up and down those stairs happens to be at the school I work at so like I had co-workers going on there I'm like oh like I don't want my kid to be the one running up and down the stairs during the dance performance plus she would be the one to be falling and rolling down yeah. the stairs it would be like it would be a whole thing you know um, so in those types of situations, she loves, um, the input of either like a massage or pressure, even though like to other people, it probably looked like I'm like squeezing her arm, like, don't you move, but like squeezing her shoulders, squeezing her arms, you know, putting like pressure on her back just to kind of give her that input to like yeah. ground her in that situation to where it brings her back to where she is next to me rather than everything that's going on around you know I'm sure everyone's kids have their own their own I, I feel things. like they're all different Lily actually does not like the touch which is hard because it's one of the cues but that is what triggers her brain to oh something I'm regroup. doing yeah to regroup for her it's um sensory stuff like putty um play-doh slime slime, oh, slime. Oh my oh, God. Slime. so <laughs> much slime but we've been using that those therapies since she was four that was actually the very first one we had like the uh, calm play-doh it was called it was our our calm play-doh that we only had when we were not calm and that was always hard to navigate that no you can't have it right now and then it would make her not calm so I'd have to end up ultimately giving it to her right. so basically we just had it all the time but therapy putty is all of those things are hers and we went through a period of time with Chewy's thank god for the company that made those sensory necklaces right because they got me through first grade <laughs> so yeah those 
even you know the baby ones with the beads and yeah. stuff but I think they started coming out the teether ones you yeah know? well mm-hmm. they started making them yeah. for sensory processing disorders yes. um, because she was chewing her sleeves um because she was so anxious and first grade was really like the turn work for education for her where we really noticed that something was changing and it makes sense now looking back I didn't know then what I know now, but yeah, she was chewing her sleeves of everything till there were holes because of nerves and anxiety. And so we right. ultimately found the silicone and that helped, but those little things help. And I always call them like my mom toolbox, you know, I've got yes. a constant toolbox of things. Anything else? Um, I do have a question for both of you. Um, since you both have multiple children, how is parenting the, you know, your children, is it different uh, because, you know, one of them has that, that disability and the other one doesn't. I would say it's different in some ways than the same in others. I mean, fundamentally, like, my parenting style has been the same with, with both. I think that, um, you know, I expect good things from both of them at the level of their ability. ability like, yeah. it's for sure different of what I was expecting of Lexi when she was Peyton's age because Peyton's just not there. Like, I mean, Peyton's learning how to answer why questions. So if I'm like, why did you do that? Like, she really doesn't even know what I mean by that. Like, she does not know the concept of why yet. You know, I mean, she's getting there. But so I think in some ways, you know, like my foundation of how I parent is the same. Um, I think expectations just are different a little bit. For sure. And I mean, with I feel like with um, having a sibling for my older daughter that has special needs, I mean, I just can't even tell you how much it's just made her like blossom as a person. So, I mean, and where some aspects you feel like it's hard for them, they're, you know, running around doing the therapies and we're busy. And a lot of my time has been, especially, you know, from birth, my daughter's six. So from birth till six or even birth till five, I feel like things have slowed down a little or we've maybe just gotten into a groove more, probably not slowed down. I don't know. But a lot of my time was spent. Like, I can't right now. I have this with Peyton. I'm going here. I have therapy. I have, you know, so that stuff, I think that she's, kids are resilient. I mean, she's just adapted, you know, and I see her at her school. Um, she's in a leadership program. It's called Peer Leaders Uniting Students, and they do stuff with the special needs class or like the special day class. They, and she's just blossomed in that. I mean, I feel like she's a leader in that sense that she's like, it's okay. People are different, you know, and we're all here to like live this life and be together. I mean, it's, it's really been amazing. Yeah. Lexi's amazing. Um, the baseball team, do you want to talk about that? That so Brooke and her husband are huge baseball fans, like huge. Their house actually has Dodger gnomes, which I had never seen. Oh, i we even had those. Yes, she has these Dodger nubs. I mean, she's a they're a hardcore baseball fans. So you want to tell us about that journey? Um, well, last year, a girl in our community who has a son with special needs, she started a special needs program for baseball for our city. All the cities have them, or most of them have them, I guess, if someone has taken the initiative to run it. Um, so she did it for the city that we live in. And last year we had just two teams, like her team and our team. So we were very much involved in the whole thing. It was, we practiced together, we played together. Um, and all of the kids have special needs of some sort, all ages, all abilities from age three to age 18. Um, 
and we just go out there and have fun. But with that, I mean, all of the kids really need some help on the field, you know, so they have peer buddies and my older daughter or the other older siblings jump in and they help. They're pushing the kids with the wheelchairs. They're helping the kids that are running away. I mean, they, you know, these kids, they get it, you know, like they're the best helpers of anyone, you know, because they're, they're living the life. So it's been, it's a, a really neat thing that we've loved to do. And we're actually just starting this week. Are you starting again? Yeah. Let me know if you need volunteers. Cause Lily yes. would love to come volunteer. And we get like the high school, um, they give volunteer hours, you know, cause kids need, they need to need volunteer. volunteer yeah. Yeah. They do. <laughs> I have them do my snack shack duty. Right. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun fun journey with that. So, but and I love seeing your posts with Lexi though because she really has me. Her and Lily are the same age, and it's so neat to see her out there doing those things. And she looks like so happy why she's helping, and you know, you really truly are raising a good little human, and that you know, understands right. and and I feel like so it's compassionate her away from the other stuff. You know, yes. she doesn't seem so worried about. Her cell phone. I mean, at this age, you know, that's yeah. what girls are worried about. Their uh, cell yeah, phone well, and, I got one of those a little yeah, bit right now. It's a little bit TikTok happy. If she does not stop TikToking, oh, Lord, have mercy. But, TikTok, yeah, it's, yes. uh, yeah. No, you definitely, I love that about Lexi. And, you know, one thing I've noticed that you, you're always very aware of focusing on her, too, when she needs to. You know, you're always like, hey, I want to have a play date for Lexi. She needs, like, you're great about balancing, which, you know, Back to Gina's question about like navigating other siblings. That's a big hard one because special needs does take a lot of your time, especially with appointments and, you know, yes. extra meetings. And, you know, um, for us, our services are an hour away. I have to haul all three kids an hour away to go to these meetings for Lily. And it's hard, you know, and they don't necessarily like it. They're boys. They want to be right. playing <laughs> and, you know, video games and sports and all of those things. But, you know, it's, we explain to them, you know, that everybody kind of has these things that they need to get done in life and that this is one of sissies and, you know, then, you know, you've got sports, so right. we have to go do that. And, you know, sissy doesn't always like that, but she goes and just teaching them to support one another, um, you know, but I'm always mindful too of them as individuals, but, you know, I expect the same things out of my children, but, you know, expectations have to shift just slightly depending on people's ability. Like I know she's going to have meltdowns at some, you know, periods of time. I know homework is a struggle where with Remy, he just gets it done, you know? Right. And just when you think you're figuring it out, it's like hormones. Oh yeah. (laughs) You, yeah, that's, that's been fun. And, uh, with us, hormones are going to shift a lot of the progress we've made. I've heard. Yes. So I feel a little bit of that coming on, but you know, I'm going to have to do some more research on how to handle that. Again, taking up more of your time. Again, taking (laughs) up more of my time. Mommy's reading right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I have to wait. (laughs) I I heard for ADHD when, um, cycles and all that start that it's a shift in medication that that was working typically doesn't work and you know right yeah so yeah we're kind of starting to get into those waters but not fully there yet I'm, I'm afraid but the boys are really supportive of her um you know they they do get irritated sometimes with her but then I have to kind of remind them like uh, she like um whistles or ticks sometimes you know and they're like she's so annoying and I'm like yeah well I'm sorry that's just her and she doesn't mean to do it but I'm like you also do things that are annoying right. so you're like at least she's not farting oh my and, god right and, and waving it, it at exactly you. <laughs> or taking her shoe and shaking it in your face because it smells like things like that yeah I mean typical stuff but right. I'm with you I just you know I expect the same out of them but you know I do know that each one is different and has you know their own unique qualities yes for sure so 
What's the, the next stage for Peyton? So just to continue with therapies? Um, yeah, I mean, just a, about, you know, we're figuring out what's working for us, what's not working. Um, for the most part, all the therapies that we've ever done have worked. It's been more brought back to the person doing the therapy. And I think that as a parent, that's one thing that it's hard to like be like, you know what? My kid just doesn't like you and we need someone else. You I know? agree. I don't want to like be that person. I'm trying to be nice, but at the same time, like I'm not wasting time. So I think, you know, while all the therapies we've done have worked, there has been a few therapists that just great people. You know, I remember one of my daughter's first speech therapist was I gained so much knowledge from her. She was an older lady. She'd been doing it for like 40 years or something. I mean, just an expert in her field. And when I first got her as the therapist, I was thinking, yes, like this lady knows her stuff. My daughter responds to young girls that, you know, are, I mean, the younger, the better for her. I feel like she just, she really wants to like impress like a younger girl rather than um, the older, you know, grandma type. She just kind of didn't really care to do the things that the lady was asking her to do. But she got... After that, we ended up getting another therapist that, you know, sang Disney princess songs to her and she would just, oh, she's like, you, whatever, want. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want, I'm going to try, you know? So I think that that's, you know, like I said, for our therapies and whatnot, we'll, we'll be in speech probably, I mean, probably for life. Um, but the ABA right now, we have an amazing therapist that is just working wonders with her. And like I said, it's all play-based. I mean, She's doing puzzles and playing Barbies and just navigating those things with her. And that's been excellent for us. So until that's not working, we'll, that's, we'll that's keep doing the, it. It's a lot of hours a week for therapy, for sure. It, it cuts into the time that I have, you know, for myself, but um, we make it work. I, I mean, we figure it out. I don't know how. But Moms just do. We just, you do. just do. You just right? do. One thing is like the self-care. I think sometimes, um, I don't know if any of your therapists have mentioned that to you, but with Lily, because moms do take on, I don't want to underwrite dads. Dads help a lot, um, you know, but moms take on so much of it. Have they yes. talked to you about taking care of yourself? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely always advocates for that or, you know, for sure. And I try I try to do that, getting you out with mom friends. Yeah. <laughs> getting out with the <laughs> she mom She needs to try more people. Doing, you know, stuff for just me, you know, in, in, in all the downtime we have. No. <laughs> we have none. They, you know, right. they used to tell me when we weren't really in the thick of it and she was having so many meltdowns. They were like, you need to leave her with your husband because they're like, he needs to experience a little bit more. Because I was always, I don't know if you did that with, with Steve, but I always kind of just took it over and took it all on yes. and didn't really make him deal with a lot of it in the early stages um, so they were like, no, 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 you need to on a Sunday, get in your car and stay gone. And she's like, don't stay gone for an hour. Like, don't just go get a pedicure or don't go. She's like, you need to stay gone eight, eight hours. She's like all day. She's like, he needs to, to handle this. She needs to let him handle it. And you need a break. And honestly, I think I did it maybe once. I, I'm not going to lie. I was really bad about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, then you turn and have mommy burnout, you know, I think, you know, taking care of kids is hard just in its own right. But then when you have these added issues, it's, it's even harder. Right. It is. I mean, Steve actually, I will say has been rather great when it comes to that, but 
I think more of our issue is, is that my youngest, like she just only wants me. She does. So it's harder when he is trying to help and then she just, she doesn't want his help, you know? So navigating that has been an issue. I, a few things I've gone to either like a convention, um, about kids with special needs, you know, gathering my resources, doing my research and, you know, researching the next latest and greatest stuff kind of thing. Um, and he stayed home with them for, for a whole weekend. And when I got back, he was like, man, like, I am tired. You they, know? they have major respect for you. I yes. know Gina's husband had a day and he was like, what did he tell you? It, it was uh, something about like, I don't know how you do this. Exactly. Every time I leave could be for just a couple hours or whatever. And I come home and he's always like, I, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. And, but he does. He's like mad respect for her. But he like tells her, I, my husband does too. But it's like still, I think that... I'm so used to taking it all on, as are you, that we just kind of keep taking it on. And Right. Yeah. Well, I think we make it look easy to we, them. We do. Because yes. when they do it, they're like overwhelmed and can't figure it out. But, but you know, we are and too. we make it easier for them too. Like when he is doing it, I'm like, you know, I'm prepping. Like Same. even if right. I'm going out to mom's night, I you know, I'm trying to think about what is he going to feed them for dinner, you know, unless yeah. they're going to go out or something also. But you know, we try and make it as easy for them as possible. And it's still, right, still hard. I know. It's definitely good, though, to get out. Um, I think you and I should probably do that a little bit more. Try, try a little bit harder this year. I mean, they're getting older, but I still, self-care is a big one, I think, when you're dealing with, uh, with special needs, because you do just put all of their care first and foremost. But we also have to, we can't take care of them if we don't take care of ourselves, right? right? Yes. So, um, what is a big piece of advice that you would want to bestow onto a mom now that you have learned so much, a mom that's maybe navigating the new waters of learning their child has a disability or a hidden disability? Um, well, I guess to start, definitely trust your gut. I mean, like I said, I knew from two days old there was something just not quite right. And I think a lot of moms, they know you know, and it it is a real thing. Like you just have this feeling. Um, but I look at myself a year ago and I think I, a a year ago, I mean, I thought I was figuring stuff out. I was like, okay, I'm getting the groove of this. We know what's going on. We know the why's, you know, I'm not searching for the why anymore. I'm kind of like now moved beyond the why. I think finding the why is kind of, you know, what makes us as moms get a little nut, right? You're like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, So um, I had my why and I was like, you know, in it. I'm like, okay, I can handle this. I'm doing it, you know. And I think about today, you know, where I was a year ago and I'm like, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I know so much more now. Like I was so naive then, you know, and I the same with the previous year. I mean, every year I've kind of looked back on myself and been like, look how far I have come in this journey and, you know, where I'm at in and what I know and how I can help my daughter and how I can help others. And, you know, I think as a mom, like I've never stopped learning and growing and adapting. And I think it's important to remember that no matter what level your child is at, they're never stopping either. You know, like if I'm still learning and growing at 38, almost 39, you know, she's six, she has a long ways to go. So even if she's not, you know, at, what they would consider a normal level for her age, you know, like she has a long time to figure it out, you know? So I think that just remembering that as a parent and not trying to put too much pressure on yourself of, 
they're not meeting this or, yeah. you know, their friends are getting straight A's and, you know, they're not or whatever it may be, you know, that they're, they're growing and figuring stuff out at their own pace and like you're you growing are. too. Yeah. No, that's a great piece of advice. I, I agree with you. I feel like every year I'm, I don't know, that older, wiser, but I'm like, no, I'm finally starting to figure some stuff out or so I think. And then yeah. the next year comes and there's even more. That's the same thing. I try to take the pressure off of all of it and know that right. we're all just doing the best that, that we can. But trust your gut 100% on that one because just like you, I knew something was missed. It took me 10 years. 10 years and you know it, it was a long road and we're in such a better place now so in closing um we like to ask our guest a couple of questions oh boy you're ready for this <laughs> one <laughs> I hope so 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 tell us something surprising about you I was laughing about this I feel like <laughs> I, I, I better know beforehand people yeah I have zero surprising stuff about myself um no I feel like I've surprised myself honestly in this whole journey of like that whole saying, like, you know, you're never given more than you can handle type of thing. Like, I feel like from the start, yeah. this is more than I can handle. Like, why was I given all this, you know? And I'm I'm rocking it, you know? I'm, I'm doing it. So I think that in its itself is, I've surprised you myself. You surprised yourself, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that saying that God only gives you what he knows you can handle. I actually used to hate it, but then God gave me Lily, and I was like, you know, you're right. Bring it on. I can handle right. this, Right. Um, so question two, and this is kind of a repetitive, but a different one. So, uh, advice you would give your fellow mama kind just in general as motherhood, what is something that you would want to bestow on uh, a first time mom? (laughs) Right. You come on, you're almost 13 years in. You've got to have some wisdom. Let me rewind. Um, (laughs) I guess just building that village. I mean, whether it's family or friends or, I mean, don't don't do it alone you know I mean no. just that's our mom don't do it at all don't do the PBR <laughs> no just kidding um, no I I think just making sure that you have that support group that network of either friends or family other moms I mean like you said back to the very beginning of this interview we met at a mommy baby yoga I none of my friends had little no, kids me I mean I show up at, I, I went to that mommy baby yoga because, you know, Tori Spelling did. I know. Same, same. <laughs> so. Yeah. Tori, if you're listening, we went there just because of you. And I actually told her that when I met her the first time. I know. I was so jealous. You to meet her. <laughs> I was like, we like, I met all my mom tribe because of you. Right. Yeah. yeah. I saw it on TV. I'm like, that's in my area. I was like, I could I'm go moving there. to that community. I'm going to go and set where right? Tori Spelling set. So. In my mind, she was going to be there too. But I know. But I got you wasn't. next I know. I, well, I got you. And <laughs> know. you know what? That's the thing. Like I get asked all the time, our village. And you know, I, I'm always very honest. Like, you know, you pick people up along the way. Some stick and some don't, you know, right. and I would say the, the ones that don't weren't meant to be your people, but the ones that are, you know, that's your village. And, you know, again, self-made village. I don't have a mom. I mean, I do, but I don't have a mom in my life. I don't have grandparents, really. I have a sister that works a gazillion hours. Um, my husband works far away. Like, my village really is my mom friends. So, you know, it's so important. So important. I agree. So, and our last question is social media. Where can our followers follow you? Do you share or are you completely private? Do you have a blog? Are you Um, thinking about doing a blog? I think she should people. I've been encouraging that. (laughs) Um, I don't have a blog. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I share enough that people would want to follow me. Like I'm not that interesting, but, um, I will share absolutely like local resources for moms that, I mean, you can't, well, we'll add them into all, the show notes for you. So you right. can tell me. First of all, I mean, for Facebook, Instagram, all that, I'm on those things as Brooke Doty. 
you can find me there. I mean, if you wanted to follow me, you can. But like I said, it's it, it, you're not going to get like super exciting stuff. <laughs> but you have like, Brookisms I love. Right. My you can see my family vacays. Um, <laughs> but as far as local resources for family or moms or dads um, of kids with special needs, like a place that I have found to just be a wealth of knowledge and information and help and support is a Facebook group page called Go Bananas. And um, if you are in the Inland Empire area, even if you're not, I mean, you can go on there and get information about anything from medications to advocates for schools, for um, navigating IEPs, for where to go for doctors, recommendations, diagnoses. I mean, friend groups, social meetings, I mean, um, socializing outings for your kids. I mean, the whole bit, they do it all. They, um, they helped me so much in trying to figure stuff out. And I remember when I first went on, I mean, I went on and asked some really naive stuff now, you know, now that I look back, I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I asked that question, you know, but no judgment. You said it was a great resource. Right. And now I'm on there and I'm like, I can answer people's questions. I can help too. Right. Knowledge (laughs) is power. I know the answer to that. You know, I'm going to tell them, you know, so, um, that has been one of the greatest resources I found locally. Other than that, I mean, People can always hit up their local regional center if they're not in this area um, for help and supports. No, I think that's great and sharing that knowledge because it's it's hard when you don't know where to start. And you know, if you don't have a mom friend that's been through it, you're just kind of lost. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for and having me. Hopefully, this was a little therapeutic for you. It was therapeutic for me to sit down and chat with you and share. I was this so part. nervous, but now I'm like, okay. You're was, like, I got this. That. Brooke's gonna be a regular now after <laughs> it this. Wasn't that hard. I could do this. <laughs> you can totally do it. Catch me on my next podcast. No, just <laughs> we'll we'll have you back for right. sure. But thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully, you know we help some moms that maybe are navigating those waters and just maybe they'll feel a little less alone because we sat and opened up a little bit. Yay. Thanks guys. Bye.